Welcome on back into the Sling Sports Podcast. Your host, Jake Finnerty, your co-host, Wally McKinnon. Wally, one of the greatest episodes of the year has finally arrived, and that is March Madness. This is not only my favorite episode of the year that we make, but this is my favorite week of the year entirely, um, especially being on spring break. Freshman year, we didn't have that because of COVID and being in elementary, middle school, you would be at school for it, watching the game on the bus ride home and everything. But to be able to have some time off from school, devoted all to the bracket, um, I love it. I'm so happy that we're here, March Madness. I remember vividly my junior year of high school, I had gym period like seven, eight. So yeah. that was when the first games came on and it was Oklahoma against Rhode Island, I think. Yeah, Trey Young. When Trey Young was, was playing. Yeah, and uh, I was rooting so hard for Oklahoma to lose in that game because I hate Trey Young. They but did. I just remember I was pulling that up on my phone. I was watching it in, uh, I think it was like trigonometry or something to all the way from seven eight until tenth uh, period. So that's awesome. Very very involved back in high school. Super involved now. Very happy, like you said, that we are starting this on spring break. First four starting tomorrow. That's but it's all about. Before we get into all of this basketball madness, we have to talk about, one, our personal lives, some highlights of the week. We're on spring break. We got some things going on. So, Wally, what is your highlight of the week? My highlight of the week is weather pending. Uh, I was just discussing this with you. I'm supposed to go to Lansdale, Pennsylvania to visit my girlfriend, and I'm going to be meeting her family for the first time. Um, It's also her 21st birthday this upcoming weekend. So celebrating with her, making sure that she has a nice time seeing her. Um, But it is also supposed to snow 12 to 18 inches where I live in Vermont. So we'll see how the snow goes. But regardless, I'll make my way to your home state of PA. I'm looking forward to it. Well, if you end up passing through Scranton, don't don't be afraid to give me a call. We could stop. Don't at be a stranger. Nice I'll come over. Say hi. Definitely. We could we could stop for some lunch or something. You know, nice. I know it's a long drive from Vermont down to PA. What's going on with you? Um, so this week is uh, the first half of the week. It's going to be kind of you know relaxing, being home, seeing family. Um, I have a lot of family in right now. Um, you know, not for not for a very happy reason, but it's good to see family. Uh, yeah. But later in the week, I believe I'm going to New York City uh, to visit one of my friends at St. John's. I went out to visit him last April. Um, I think I'm going out again this weekend, and we're going to go out for St. Patrick's Day. Um, have a big celebration. Uh, but it's just good to get out there, see him, uh, enjoy the New York life for a little bit. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. The plan for me and my girlfriend is to go to the city on Saturday, oh, the 18th okay. as well. Day well, after well don't, be, Day. don't be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some lunch. We'll get that lunch no matter yeah, what. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get that lunch at a nice <laughs> Irish pub for, yeah. for a nice Irish weekend. Enjoy it. Uh, well, really quickly, we're going to head into, into some speedy slings. First off, the NFL free agency has kicked off today. Uh, there's been a lot of signings, and we're going to go into those next week. But Jalen Ramsey was traded to the Miami Dolphins over the weekend, which was a very big signing. Yeah, for a third-round pick and tight end Hunter Long. Uh, it seemed pretty cheap. I'd be pretty happy if I yeah. was Miami. And uh, I I do want to say, I I already called that Miami was going to win that division way back after the season ended. So you know I ball. think that prediction you know is ball. looking pretty good right now. <laughs> Picking up the fifth-year option of Tua as well. Miami's yeah. all and, in big time. And uh, – Nah, we'll wait. We'll wait on, on the other news. Um, But next up, huge, huge trade. 
Carolina yeah. moving up to the first overall pick. Chicago getting a ginormous haul out of it. Yeah, and everyone has talk, talked about this trade that happened over the weekend. Um, but the biggest thing is DJ Moore going to Chicago. That's another first-round pick, having a solidified wide receiver one for a young quarterback. It's going to do monumental things for Chicago. Um, and for a team that traded pretty much traded the house up to select Justin Fields, they traded with the Giants. They gave up two first-round picks in order to get him, um, recuperating even more than what they gave up two years ago. Phenomenal. Great job by Chicago. Ryan Pohl is the GM. Awesome fleece. And I mean, they they also got Chase Claypool last year. Chase Claypool has been down, you know, for the past year and a half ever since he had that amazing rookie season. But I think bringing more there will open up Claypool a little bit more in that pass game as well. Um, Not having all the focus on him. Uh, yeah. That wide receiver core is, is stacking up to be a pretty, not pretty bad. good one for a nice Darnell Mooney there field. too. Yeah. yeah, not bad at all. Moving to the NBA, we have KD out for the remainder of the season, and this injury just looked very gross. Is there a picture of it? I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't see an image. Well, of it. it was during warmups that it happened. He sprained his ankle, but he went up for a dunk, and he was probably like two inches away from breaking his ankle. It's like uh, one of those where you, you jump up and like your leg just, is or your ankle is kind of like teetering. It was yeah. like that. Uh, it was very I scary. Like and I don't know. Does this raise some concerns for the Suns? I mean, yeah, that's why you trade for KD. I thought and you thought and pretty much everyone believe that Phoenix was the favorite in the West. When you have KD, you have one of the greatest scorers of all time. And now they're not going to have him. Um, that makes a big difference. I don't know much about the playoff health, but his status is there. But this whole year, and that kind of feels like recently, period, he's been getting banged up. Not that he's necessarily injury prone. He's still one of the best players when he's on the court. But it's just been a lot of injuries with him. Hasn't been able to stay on as much as teams would have liked. I there. mean, it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be crucial that they get him back for the playoffs. Um yeah. You know, you have Booker and Aiton on that team, but you traded away a lot of your depth to get KD, assuming he was going to be on the court for the playoffs, regardless of what was going to happen in the regular season. Um, They're sticking through it right now. I believe they're the four or five seed in the West. So they moved up a couple spots. Uh, Devin Booker went off the night that he actually got hurt. I think he had like 44 points or 42 points. But they need Booker and Aiton to stay healthy, stay on the floor. And KD needs to come back healthy and ready for the playoffs. 100%. Our third and final headline before we get into all of this madness, the U.S. close to elimination in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, and after winning the follow-up to the World Cup over Great Britain, Great Britain, the no, we're not doing drip of the week this week, but I was going to say they are anti-drip, so anti-drip, so anti-drip. The aerial Um, font on, on like a gray jersey. Hilarious. It would be a huge letdown, though, for the U.S. if they're unable to at least get to the elimination round. Um, Lineups absolutely loaded. Pitching, bad pitching was proof of that last night against Mexico. Yeah, if they face good offense, good hitters, it's going to be a very difficult game. And that Great Britain game was a cakewalk. That team is not good. They lost 16 to like four yesterday against Canada. Well, the U.S. plays Canada tonight. We'll see how they'll fare. We'll see who's going to take the bump. I actually don't even know who's starting. But they also need 
to get some more hitters back in that lineup. Um, Jeff McNeil was was put in as a, as a replacement last night. He couldn't really do much. They weren't really putting together those those spurts of offense to get any runs across the board. Um, they need to focus on doing that a little bit more and really try and avoid this elimination because it comes down to runs scored um, against or per inning, and they're not looking good right now. Yeah, one team. Last, last bit of the speedy slings before we get into college basketball. Um, South Korea, that's a team that's looking good. 22-2 to two win over China, the most runs scored um, in a World Baseball Classic game. I didn't know they were that dominant. I didn't know they were that good. I mean, so, I want to mention Garrett Stubbs playing third base. He's normally a catcher playing third base for Israel and also having the game-winning or game. Yeah, what well, ended up being the game-winning uh, ground rule double to left field. Uh, yeah. And they were playing in Miami, so that like short porch and left, um, so it was pretty cool. To see that it's from legit. him. Uh, now into all of this madness, we had the selection show yesterday, selection Sunday. Uh, Wally, what what? Uh, we I mean we already talked about this. What part of the bracket is the most difficult to pick this year? Uh the West Region. I hate the West region with a passion. Um, I am sickened. We're going to, when we focus on them a little bit more, but I'm sickened by how many good teams are in that region of Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, UConn. Um, I hate it. I hate that region. Um, you win your, you, you're going to win your bracket pool by obviously getting the winner, getting the championship matchup and getting the final four. And I hate that region. Um, I, I and the think, east I think uh, di- directly across from it, I just yeah. find the I just find the east region to be weird as well. Um, it seems like they put all of the the brushovers. Purdue one, Marquette two, um, Kansas State three. Just odd. It was all um, it was all the question marks, and then one team really did show out to me um, because of the way they've been playing as of late. But we'll get into that. Um, yeah. We'll start. We'll start on the left side of the bracket. We'll go south to east. Yeah, and then Midwest to West, and we want. Do we want to do it up until the Elite Eight matchups, or just do the round of sixty-four and everything else? We'll I think round of sixty-four. We'll go sixty-four, thirty-two. Go around the entire perfect, bracket. Perfect. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking, but I just wanted to clarify. Um. So first matchup, Alabama, and whoever comes out as the sixteenth seed in in the in the first four. Yeah, Alabama's winning. And uh, I'm going to talk a lot about Alabama throughout uh, this region and throughout this podcast today. But Alabama's winning. We can, can move it along. <laughs> I was going to say Alabama, easy easy win there. Uh, I also have them. Uh, next, we get to the 8-9 matchup. Some of the hardest matchups to pick throughout these, these March Madness games. Who do you have? Yeah, it's a toss-up. And I'm going to ride with West Virginia solely because of being in a stronger conference with the Big 12 being the best. Um Big Ten hasn't been bad. There's nothing wrong with Maryland. Maryland could easily win. It's a 50-50. I'm just picking West Virginia because of the stronger conference. I'm also sticking with West Virginia. We talked about them making the tournament, um, being one of those teams that should have a push in the tournament. Um, they made it. They're a nine seed, and I think that they'll move on second round. I also didn't uh, think that they would be on the nine line real quick. Um, I didn't either. They're, they're they 19, were, and, they were 19 pretty, and 13, seven, 500 in conference that. play. Yeah, I thought they'd be more of an generous. 11 seed. Me too. 10, I think, 11 line. It, I mean, if they're going to be in the South, 
honestly, I would have, I could have seen them be an, an 11 seed and NC State move up to a nine seed. Yeah, it'd be fine with me. I wouldn't have any yeah. issue with that. Uh, next, our favorite team, Charleston, taking on San Diego State in a 5-12 matchup. Yeah, Charleston, a team that we did not have nice things to say about two months ago. Um, and I still don't really have nice things to say about them. But I will say they were very lucky in the five seed that they drew getting to play a group of five team in San Diego state from the mountain West conference. You look at the other five seeds that are all around us. Duke as a five Miami as a five St. Mary's um, they drew the best five. And because of that, I'm going to pick Charleston as my first upset. And I think Charleston knocks off San Diego state. San Diego state has also been very bad um, in the higher seeds. Syracuse knocked them off uh, when they were a six seed in 2021. Not a good look for SDSU. I think Charleston has plenty of offensive firepower, and they got lucky with who they ended up facing. So, Charleston, I'm uh, I'm going with San Diego State here. Like you said, we did not have some some good things to say about Charleston. They obviously won, ended up winning their conference, uh, making that 12 spot. But I don't think that they do it this time. Uh, maybe they'll be back next year to try and do it again uh, at a higher seed. Like you said, I do think they have the best matchup of the five seeds. I think they could have gotten you know, very, it could have been a very worse matchup, but I think San Diego state pulls it off here and, and gets the win. It's fair. Virginia against Furman. And I'll let you I go first. You on you, this I know, one. I know you said you turned the cheek on Virginia, but I did not. And I'm mm-hmm. going with the first upset here with Furman. Yeah. Do you got any reason why, or just because you don't trust Virginia? Um, A little bit of both. Furman has been a very high powered offense throughout the entire year. Um, You know, they, they make this tournament and they draw Virginia as a four. And similarly to like what you said with Charleston, I think that Virginia is, you know, one of the best fours that you could have drew in this tournament. If you look at Tennessee, uh, you have Indiana, okay, maybe, but, uh, and then UConn, but still, I don't trust Virginia enough. Um, They're a very bland team, boring. You could, you know what you're getting every single time. And I think if Furman can outpower them out, you know, score them, they will win this game. It's very true that Virginia is bland, and I'm, I wasn't very high on them. I don't remember when, when they played Syracuse, I said that they're not that good of a team. But for their style of play, they match up well against Furman, and I would like Furman against one of these other four seeds. But just because of the defensive style of play, the slow pace that Virginia does, Furman does not match well. Furman's defense ranks bottom 150 um, in Ken Palm. Not a good defense. Virginia's fine on both offense and defense. I don't think Furman pulls off the upset. I think they can. I think they have plenty of offensive firepower if the ball goes in the net. If they have a good shooting day, so be it. But I'm riding with Virginia just because I know what I'm getting with them. Well, I mean, those two games are big toss-ups right off the rip for yeah. for five twelve and four thirteen games. Definitely. Uh, we're gonna move on to a six eleven game, Creighton and NC State. Um, and I just mentioned how NC State can be a nine seed. I'm taking them in this game over Creighton. Yeah, and I don't have an issue with anyone that's gonna pick NC State in this game. I think Creighton got a little unlucky being on that six line. Um, they started the season very strong. They're a top 10 team in the country. They battled through a lot of injuries and they just started to come back up on the incline. Um, but because of that, I'm going to pick Creighton just because they're starting to hit their stride a little bit more. They've had some time to get back to full health. 
NC State could easily win that, though. I don't have an issue with it. Toss-up again. I'll take Creighton, though. So we've got Baylor and UCSB here. Yeah, the the Gauchos. I've seen a lot of people gassing up the Gauchos. One of the coolest uh, mascots, coolest logos in all of college basketball, NCAA period. They're a good team. Baylor's better. Baylor moving on. I would say Baylor will be in the next round. Yeah. Uh, Missouri and Utah State. I've heard a lot about this game. Yeah, and Utah State. I, I talked about the battle tested a little bit earlier on with West Virginia over Maryland. The seven tens are virtually a toss up at this point. And Utah State, being from the Mountain uh, Mountain West Conference, there's a uh, three teams in the tournament from the MWC. Missouri though lost in the SEC championship to Alabama, or sorry, the semifinal lost to Alabama. Um, Top 25 in the AP poll. They've come on as the season has gone on. I, I'm taking Missouri. I'm taking Utah State here. Uh, they're a very, you know, chippy team. Like you said, the Mountain West Conference is a very sneaky conference right now. Um, there's three teams in this tournament. I think that Utah State gets it done. Uh, Missouri played in a very difficult SEC, drew the shorthand when they got Alabama. But again, in this region, if they are to move on, they'd have to get through Alabama again. Um, I think, uh, you know, when we move on here, but uh, I think Utah State ends up beating them in this first round, so they don't even get that chance. Fair, fair take. Uh, two fifteen, Arizona versus Princeton. Princeton getting the Ivy League bid. Uh, I'm taking Arizona. Princeton's a good team, though. Princeton's a good fifteen. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ride with the St. Peters. I'll say that now. I'm not gonna be picking a two, uh, a fifteen or a sixteen seed to win a game. I think it's a waste of your time trying to use your bracket on a 15 seed or 16 seed because it more than likely won't happen. But Princeton's a good 15 seed. Unless See unless that. you go to the school, I doubt you're going to pick a 15 or 16 seed in this tournament. Um, yeah. Or if you're a fan of the school, I'm also going Arizona, Princeton. You know, they they uh, were a difficult team a couple of years ago. I think that it was Syracuse that ended up fa- – or no, it was Notre Dame that faced them in the first round. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was a tricky matchup. Notre Dame. The Ivy the League always before. is. They're pretty good. Yeah. Um, so that moves us on to the East region. Yeah. We've got Purdue against either Texas Southern or Fairleigh Dickerson. Yeah, and Purdue's winning. A lot of people don't like Purdue. I'm not very high on Purdue, and you're gonna hear about that uh later on. But um, they're not gonna lose to a 16 seed. Doesn't matter. I'm not very high on Purdue, but we just talked about the 15-16 Purdue moving on. Uh, Memphis and FAU. Absolutely brutal draw for both of these teams involved. FAU, I had had a friend um, who went to the FAU watch party for when they got their bid. And my friend told me, um, he's from Boca Raton, Florida, where FAU is. My friend told me that the head coach was visibly upset that they got a nine seed and he was shaking his head. He was not pleased with where FAU ended up there. 31 and three won the conference USA group of five uh, conference. And then you have to draw Memphis who just manhandled Houston in the AAC championship. Houston was without Marcus Sasser, obviously, but Memphis could easily be on the seven line. FAU should be on the eight, seven as well. They should probably the seven. They should not be there. Um, I'm picking Memphis. I'm sorry for FAU. They have one of the best offenses in the country, but I'm picking Memphis just because they beat Houston. I'm joining you on that Memphis pick. They looked very convincing in in that uh, American final 
you know, matchup um, in the conference championship. Uh, there's really, they, they, they sold me. And I think if they could play like that, you know, obviously you're not going to play that efficient every single game and uh, you can't expect that out of them every single game, but still they won that game very convincingly. And yeah. even if it was closer, they were the better team in that matchup. I think Memphis wins this against FAU. Totally. We've got Duke and Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts making the return to the tournament. Yeah, and this is a nightmare for Oral Roberts. By far the worst five seed that they could have drawn. And I would have picked Oral Roberts to make the Sweet 16 probably if they were playing any other team than Duke. Just won the ACC championship. They are on fire right now. They are one of the best teams in the country. Top 10, maybe even top 5, depending on who you ask. They were young at the beginning of the season. It took them some time. Kyle Filipowski has turned into one of the best big men in the entire country. I'm picking Duke. I'm sorry to Oral Roberts, though. It's very unfortunate that that's the team they drew. I was, uh, you know, if if Duke wasn't so hot right now, there was there was going to be a, a point in me where I could have thought Oral Roberts. But Duke has been insane lately. Um, I'm taking Duke in this matchup. Uh, I have a lot to say about Duke, so I will save it. I don't want to go off about it in the first round and then have to have to wait. But uh, Duke is taking this game. Yeah, Tennessee, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. I don't like Tennessee at all. Their offense is horrible. You never know what you're going to get. I think they can get by Louisiana, but not good things to come once they get past Louisiana. Tennessee will will beat the Raging Cajuns. Um, I've been talking Rocky Top all year. However, Tennessee will evidently have to face Duke, and that's not something that I see as good for them. It's not going to go well. <laughs> not at all. Uh, Kentucky, Sister Jean's team this year. Yes. In Providence. Yeah. And uh, Sister Jean's team. That's what she said in an interview with Good Morning America about two weeks ago. Oscar Shibway not living up to expectations quite as much as last year. This Kentucky team is much improved. They're improved as the season has gone on. Um, they're kind of like Duke, had high expectations going in, took them some time to get where, to back to where they wanted to be. This team lost Kentucky to St. Peter's, obviously, last year. I think Kentucky gets by Providence. Um, I don't know how far they make it after that, but I think Kentucky, they're, they're playing well right now. I uh, I don't think Kentucky makes past Providence, and I'm taking Providence with the upset here. Um, wow, the not picking seed. Sister Jean? Um, no, I'm going against Sister Jean. Sister Jean's bracket is going to be busted after the first <laughs> first two days. Uh, yeah, I think Pro- Providence has played well. Um, in a surprisingly you know Good strong Big East. Big East this year. Yeah. Um, and being at the 11 seed, I don't think speaks to what how well Providence has actually played this year. Um, so I'm I'm going with Providence in this game. I'm I'm gonna say a little bit more about Providence. I know I kind of gave him the short stick there, hyping up Kentucky. I'm going to say some more about Providence when we get to the Elite Eight Final Four. I've got some some information regarding them, but I'm going to save it up. Well, we've got the states here. Kansas State against Montana State. Yeah, and Kansas State has not been playing very well. Lost their first conference tournament game, which means that they are not eligible to win the national championship. Um, no national champion since the field expanded to, 19, to 64 in 1985, has ever lost their first conference tournament game and gone on to win it. So don't pick Kansas State to win the whole thing. Not that you would, um, but they're better than Montana State. We'll get through there. Yeah, I think Kansas State wins this game. 
Uh, we'll go on to the next round. We've got Michigan State against USC. Yeah, and Michigan State from the Big Ten. The Big Ten has been dominant in 7-10 games. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 when the Big Ten is the seven seed. Um, meaning, I'm going to pick USC. And I think Ooh. USC is a very balanced team. I have a lot more to say about USC, but they're a balanced team. Um, Michigan State played in a strong Big Ten. And I'm going to explain why I'm going to pick USC later on. But Michigan State can win this game. I'm just picking them uh, this time, though, USC. I'm going Michigan State. I'm going with the seven here. Um, I like that you brought that Big Ten stat in there because that They're really, good. you know, that backs up my pick a bit. Mm-hmm. Northwestern's also a seven seed, also yeah. from the Big Ten. Yeah. Keep so it I don't think I, I did not pick them, though. We'll get into that. <laughs> uh, Marquette against your boys of Vermont. Yeah, UVM getting it done. The UVM team last year was an offensive fire, uh, fire offensive. What's the word I'm thinking of? Firepower. Whatever. I guess so. That's not the right word though. Um, power house. That's what. Yeah. Has, yeah was, there we go. Say. There we go. Um, Marquette even more so though. Uh, Marquette had one of the best offenses in the country and a strong Big East, top ten in scoring, shoot the ball well. They do it all. Defense isn't that great but the offense is going to run Vermont out of the gym. It's a bad matchup for them. Not that a 15 seed is going to win anyway, but Marquette. I mean, Marquette is, has been a very shocking team to me all year, uh, being able to sustain, you know, being a top 10 team towards the end of the year and everything like that. Uh, so I them at the two line is is interesting, and we're, we're going to have to watch the path as it goes on. They're high up there. They are the very two. high. They are very high. Uh, Houston against Kentucky. We're moving to the Midwest now. So you got Houston against Northern Kentucky. Yeah. And this is where a lot of people are complaining that Houston drew the Midwest. They finished above Kansas. They got the Midwest spot in Kansas city. Kansas ends up having to go West to Nevada to Las Vegas. Um, Houston's going to beat Northern Kentucky, but that's a storyline. 100% that Kansas got screwed over a little bit. Should Houston have finished above them? Depends on who you ask, but I mean, the one thing with Kansas, I do want to say, they did play in Kansas City for the Big Ten or the Big Twelve tournament for that they final did. game. Yep, and they they lost it. Did not. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, next we've got Iowa versus Auburn. I'm taking Auburn here. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to pick Iowa, and I think this is a huge toss up. Both of these teams in strong conferences. Iowa lives and dies on offense. And Auburn is a defensive team. And normally I pick the defense over the offense, but Auburn's defense is not out of this world. It's not of the UVA class. It's not of the Houston class who this winner will face. And I'm going to trust Iowa is able to shoot how they normally shoot and put up 80 to 90 on Auburn. But again, it's a 8-9. It's 50-50. I just think Iowa gets hot on the right day, wins that. I'm a big I'm a big believer in in the defense winning championships here. Is that foreshadowing um, something? No, but I'm just saying I'm just saying that in that in this instance of this game, um, but again, like you said, fifty fifty, it can go either way. Um, <laughs> Miami against Drake. Did yeah, not know Drake Bell was participating in this tournament. <laughs> Got out from prison on a on parole. Good behavior. <laughs> Um, this is a tough matchup for both of them. Um, 12-5 is very common for the upsets. 
I was high on Miami. I think Miami's a good team. I think they have balance. I think they shoot the three ball well. They have more talent than Drake. Um, I'm picking Miami. Drake can win, but I'm picking Miami. I'm also picking Miami. I thought that uh, if – well, I, I had said if Pitt wasn't going to win the, the ACC, Miami would. And then, of course, Duke went on that insane run at the end of the season and just took all yeah. that momentum into that into that tournament. Um, so I'm going with Miami here. Indiana and Kent State. Yeah, Kent State, the Golden Eagles. A lot of people are going to be riding them, and you should be riding them too. They drew a good matchup in Indiana, a team that has been floundering as of late. Got ran out of the gym against Iowa, the second-to-last regular season game, lost to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. Um, Kent State shoots the three-ball will well. They have multiple scores and double figures. They do everything well on offense. Their defense isn't that great, but it's good enough. Kent State, 13 seed. If you're not if you're not on uh, the Kent State train, you should get on it. I am not on the Kent State train. You I should have get Indiana on it, winning then. this game. You um, get on that. I apologize. Maybe I, I mean I can't get on it now because these brackets are are in the same bracket pool, and I don't want to change it to, <laughs> to make it look like yours. I gotta stick with it. Uh so I'm going Indiana over Kent State. Um so now... we've got Iowa State against either Mississippi State or Pitt. And I thought it was a bit, you know tedious that Pitt had to play a playing game yeah the fact that they were in the the last four in I was a little surprised by that um even so I don't care who wins between Mississippi State and Pitt I think this the winner of that game beats Iowa State the reason I say that is the first four games have existed since 2011 and every year minus 2019 only once has a team won a round of 64 game and I like Mississippi State slash Pitt's odds against Iowa State much more than I like Arizona State or Nevada against TCU. And I think Iowa State, who has been very bad down the stretch, which we've been talking about, I think that either State or Pitt doesn't make a difference to me. They knock off Iowa State. Well, you and I have the same wavelengths because I also took whoever comes out of that play-in game. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Iowa State, I have not really you know, been too fond of what they've been doing on the floor. I think both Mississippi State and Pitt are strong teams. Mississippi State played very well in, in their conference tournament as well. Um, Pitt the same, and Pitt played well all season. So did Mississippi State. I think both of those teams have a very good chance of winning this game, regardless of who comes out of that game. Yeah. Xavier versus Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State getting their first bid. First time ever in March Madness. Great opportunity for them. Tough to draw Xavier. Who's Great been, opportunity who, for you to pick them. Uh, and I won't be. I'm picking Xavier. <laughs> not picking Xavier to go very far, but I am picking them over Kennesaw State. I don't like the 14-3. I think it's a waste of your time because a 14 isn't going to go to the Sweet 16. And if they do, I'll eat my words. But I don't think that's going to happen. I have Xavier winning as well. We could just move on from that. Good pick. Texas A&M and Penn State. Absolutely brutal on both sides. Both got hosed. Penn State getting hosed, having to face Texas A&M in the first round. Good for them. When they went into the Big Ten tournament, they were thought of as on the bubble, maybe last four in. They get all the way up to the 10 line, which is huge for them. Texas A&M, though, finished second in SEC play. They started six and five, had a bad loss to Wofford. They were great in the SEC, though. Committee didn't like that. They cared more about those first 11 games, put them on the seven line. 
unfortunate for, for Penn State because Texas A&M is way better than a seven. Texas A&M wins this game. Also brutal for Texas A&M, though, because they're going to have to face Texas in the round of 32. Oh, I have Penn State winning this, which is a shock because I'm usually very You're anti-Penn anti State. I'm anti-Penn State everywhere, yeah. all the time, no matter what. Um, but Penn State has been playing some pretty good ball recently. Um, they've played a very good season, uh, especially for Penn State standards. They're never considered a top team within the NCAA. Um, moving up to the 10 line and especially being able to compete in those those games in the Big Ten tournament and getting all the way to the championship made a statement for them. I think they're riding riding hot right now, and I think they, they knock off Texas A&M in a shocking one. Shocking for a 10-7. It would be shocking to me. Sh- Shock, Penn State's shocking, good though. It's yeah, unfortunate. shocking, shocking for shocking for Texas A and M because, like you said, they should be higher than a seven seed. I think both of these teams could have knocked off either Marquette or Arizona, and just the way that the regions work out, the fact that they have to face each other, it's unfortunate for all yeah, parties involved. I, I agree. I agree. Well, we've got Texas going up against Colgate. What annoys me about Colgate is every single year I see the same garbage, that they're a sneaky pick. They're always a 14-15 seed. They're a sneaky pick because they shoot the three ball better than nearly anyone in the country. They lead the Patriot League in scoring by about 10 points every single year. They put up close to 90. I don't care, man. It's the Patriot League. They're playing Lafayette, Lehigh, American University. No disrespect to my sister's uh, college, former college, but I don't care. Texas is a phenomenal team. I have a lot of good things to say about Texas. You're going to hear about them more, but get the Colgate baloney out of here. Start getting those horns up. You're going to hear a lot about Texas from me. I've been talking about Texas for a while. We've got Texas beating Colgate here, and it's not stopping there. Let me just say that. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> um. The team that Texas ended up beating in the Big 12 championship, Kansas, against Howard to start off this West Conference, or this West yeah. region, I should say. Yeah, uh, Kansas is winning. That's about that. I don't really care. That's all, that's all she wrote. Uh, yeah. Kansas is winning. I agree. <laughs> uh, Arkansas, Illinois, 8-9. Two teams that are very similar. They haven't really been at any hot point during the season. They haven't been particularly cold. They've just played their game. Um, that's they just been... play. They just ball. They just ball. Yeah, that's it. They play basketball. They go out. They do their thing. This is the biggest toss-up for me of the eight nine, just because neither of them like excels at anything in particular. They're balanced. I'm picking Illinois. There's no reason for that. Flip a coin doesn't make a difference to me. I think Kansas beats whichever one, regardless. So pick Illinois. You might have flipped heads. I flipped tails. I'm going Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> um, not much else to say about that. Like you said, kind of very similar teams don't really do much on either side of the ball, just, just ball. And that's really mm-hmm. it. Um, so I have Arkansas winning. We got St. Mary's against VCU. Yes. The St. Mary's team that got absolutely yammed on by Gonzaga in that, uh, championship. Shocked to still see them at a five. Shocked yeah. I thought, I thought they drop a little bit further than that. Um, like, putting them on the same caliber as Duke, it's a little te- surprising. Texas A&M could have been, like, arguably could have been there over them. Oh, 100%. I don't, and I'm, I'm going to pick VCU, but I'm not picking it because of them getting dunked on by Gonzaga in the WCC championship. I'm picking it just instead focusing on VCU. I think they're one of the best 12 seeds in this tournament. They have a phenomenal defense, won the A-10 championship. They've been great the entire year in the A-10 I'm picking VCU. 
over well, they made a run in the early 2010s didn't they vcu yes they did so all the they, way to the final four you know maybe maybe they could do it again coached by shaka smart who's now the coach of marquette keep that in mind i won't be but some <laughs> people might be well i uh you know i'm not a big I, I i was never big on saint mary's i kind of went off on them last week on how that was embarrassing embarrassing loss but I actually have them winning this game, shockingly. Wow. <laughs> um, I have them beating VCU, uh, which is a very, you know, very shocking for me. But I, I don't know. I think that they get it together to start out this tournament. Um, they take down VCU. Uh, again, they're being valued way too much as a five seed, and they're going to have to face another team that I think is actually pretty good and maybe even underrated in the next um, the next game. So, Talking about could Iona, be, could talking a, about Iona, yeah. right? I'm talking about the 13 seed Iona. No, I'm talking about the team that they're going against, and that's UConn. And UConn will be beating Iona to face St. Mary's in that second round. I was very, I, I said immediately when the podcast started, I hate this region, and now we're getting into that region of good teams. UConn, I wouldn't have picked them to win the national championship, but if they were in any region, I would any other region, I would consistently have them in the final four. If they were on the three line, especially. It is brutal that they're in a four, and it's even more brutal that they got put in with some of these amazing teams. Well, the um, fact Iona, that it's... Iona is good, though. Tough that they're playing UConn. Iona is good, though. Iona isn't a bad team, but it, they're not UConn. But also, no. like, they're valuing UConn as much as they're valuing Indiana right now, which is just blasphemous Insane. to me. Blasphemous. Um, well, that's the thing. The committee the committee values the entire season. We saw UConn yeah. start, what, 13-14-0? and and then they lost, I think, five games in a row at one point during the season. And now they've rebounded. They're back on the come up. But that's what the committee does. Care about the whole thing. Yeah. Well, we've got TCU against Arizona State or Nevada, whoever comes out of that play-in. Don't care, TCU. I'm going that's with Arizona me. State. I think Arizona State that's is going to beat Nevada, and Arizona State is going to beat TCU. Nevada, the last team in to the tournament this year. Rutger, or Not even Rutgers. Uh, Oklahoma State the first team out um on the outside looking in um a lot of people were surprised Rutgers wasn't really even in consideration also unc was the I third was gonna, team out. i was, I was disgusting actually, i was just about to mention that um disgusting. unc one shouldn't have been the third team out they should have not even been one of the first eight out they should have been Horrible. way out not even Horrible. considered um very happy that they didn't make it in because if they did that would have been awful yeah um, Bad would, have been, would have been an easy pick, though. <laughs> um, Gonzaga taking on Grand Canyon in, in the next matchup. Yeah, Grand Canyon making their second straight NCAA tournament. Had their first bid last year. Gonzaga's good. Good offense. Had some issues in non-conference play. Plowed their way through the WCC. They're good every year. Mark few teams are always strong. I'd even consider them for the Final Four. But again, they're in a brutal region. Um Gonzaga knocks off Grand Canyon, though. I'm taking Gonzaga as well. Um, maybe this will be Drew Timmy's last year. Who knows? Maybe. He's got, like, three more years. <laughs> he, can, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> He's hanging out. Get the NIL um, money. No, Gonzaga's going to win this game. Uh, we've got uh, Northwestern against Boise State. And I think this is, the, this is the first 7-10 that includes a Big Ten school that I did not pick the Big Ten school. Um. I didn't pick them either. I'm going anti that statistic. And normally I'm the I'm the statistics number guy, ride with the history. I'm not doing it this year. Uh Boise State, I'm picking them over Northwestern. Give the uh, Mountain West some respect. 
UCLA against UNC was it Ash Ashman Asheville Ashburn, Asheville. I've seen a lot of good things about UNC Asheville, and I don't care. I've seen more good things about UCLA going against an, in a great UCLA team. And the status of Jalen Clark is unknown still. It doesn't matter against UC Asheville long term. I just find it weird still that the university said that he's not actually out for the year. Yet he did a pretty serious thing to his Achilles, meaning you're pretty much out for the year. Doesn't affect UNC Asheville. Uh, UCLA is beating them. Well, do we want to do we want to wrap back around and start from the West now? Yeah. All right. Well, sure. we'll start off UCLA Boise State. Uh, I'm picking UCLA once again. I'm sticking with them. I don't think that this is where they run into trouble. Missing Jalen Clark's presence, Boise State's not where it's going to happen. I am also taking UCLA in this game. Uh, Boise State won't give them a lot of trouble. Like you said, um, Boise State will beat Northwestern, but they won't beat UCLA. They will not be making it any, any, you know, they won't be advancing anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Gonzaga against UFTCU. I've got Arizona State, um, you know, granted if they beat Nevada, I think they will. Um, I think Gonzaga is winning this. Me too. I'm picking Gonzaga. Keep it coming. UConn and you have VCU. I have St. Mary's UConn. Yeah. And uh, I'm picking VCU. Wow. And I'm picking VCU because there's always a random team of the 12 to 13, 14, 15 um, that makes the Sweet 16. They're not going to go to the Final Four. And I'm originally from Connecticut and I always root for UConn. And in March Madness, you got to take a shot in the dark. And I'm taking it with VCU over UConn. UConn's a very much better team, but you never know. Lightning in a bottle for two games. VCU, VCU. can VCU can do it. We've seen them do it before. Ten uh, years ago. Kansas, <laughs> Ar- yeah, ten years ago, but still. Uh, Kansas, Arkansas. And Illinois for me. It doesn't make a difference. Oh, yeah, Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. Kansas is moving on. Kansas. For me. Uh, I've got Texas and Penn State. You have Texas and Texas A&M. Yeah, Battle of the Texans. Uh, horns up. I don't like saying horns up, but horns, horns up. will be up. Horns up. Keep horns up. up. They're beating Penn State or Texas A&M. Doesn't matter. Texas, Longhorns, horns up. Keep it coming. Uh, Xavier, Mississippi State or Pitt? Um, I'm picking Mississippi State slash Pitt. Doesn't make a difference to me. I don't think Xavier is that good of a team while the Big East has been strong. Uh, they got ran out of the gym against Marquette in the final, I think. I think they were the final. Um, ugly, ugly game. Um, State pit doesn't make a difference to me. Uh, I'm picking an 11 seed to make it there over Xavier. Shocking because I did the same. I'm taking <laughs> Mississippi State or Pitt. Um, Xavier, I don't think, is a very strong team. Um, I don't see them moving on. I don't see them. I see this being a, a, a gritty game, you know, um, so it'll 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 be grind grinded out in the battlefield per se, on yeah. the trenches. But um, I think that uh, whoever comes to that out of that playing game will move on to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Miami versus Indiana, and you have or Kent, Kent State, State right? for me. Yeah. The Golden Eagles are flying, and they're gonna keep flying again for pretty much no reason. Put them in the Sweet Sixteen. Nope, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going Miami here. Uh, Miami's been a, a very good team all year. I think Miami beats whoever comes out of that other game. Gotta take some chances, man. You're no fun. 
I, I, I'm, I'm taking so. I mean, I, I did miss. You don't have fun. Pit. You hate fun. <laughs> well, I mean, why would I? Why would I pick VCU to beat UConn? <laughs> There's no uh, reason why. Houston, Houston, and Auburn. Are you gonna say? Or well, you have Iowa. Are you gonna say Iowa here? No, no, no. I'm not. because you're not. Because gonna, I, you're not gonna take the chance. No, and the reason why I'm not gonna take the chance is because, as I said, with Iowa. Um, they match up well enough with Auburn, but Houston's defense, even if it is the AAC, I think Marcus Sasser is going to be healthy. Um, and even if he's not, I think the way Houston plays is good enough. Uh, they match up well against Iowa. I think they can get through them. I think Houston advances as well. <clears throat> as well. <laughs> um, and I'm not a big uh, Houston believer, and I've made that known, but um, I think they take down whoever comes out of that 8-9 game. Yeah, they're good enough. Moving back to the East, we've got Marquette, and you have USC, but I have Michigan State. Yes, and uh, this is where we start to see see things go off the rails. USC over Marquette is my pick here. And I will say in advance regarding Marquette, uh, no team since the tournament expanded to 64 teams, 1985, no team has ever been unranked in the preseason and entered the tournament as a one or two seed and gone on to make the final four. Period. Make the final four. Purdue also fits that criteria. So Marquette's going to lose at some point. I'm putting it at that point against USC. They've been there. 2021, they went to the Elite Eight. Andy Enfield, they've done it. USC. I don't have them losing quite yet, but I so I have them advancing here. Um foreshadowing they are going to lose i agree with that stat um they will not be they will not be going forward uh providence and kansas state right you took providence or you take kentucky i took kentucky okay i took kentucky but it doesn't matter to me which of those two wins i think either of them beats kansas state it could be kentucky or providence and i think it would set up either six versus ten or eleven versus ten no matter what they're going to be kansas state Either or. For me, it's Kentucky. I have Kansas State winning. Um, we've seen Kansas State play some pretty, you know, intense games. They play in that strong Big 12 conference. Um, they've had to get it done on, on the big stage. And I think they make it to the second weekend. I think they make it to the Sweet 16. We've seen them make uh, play good games, but we have not seen them in the tournament with a team that is filled with transfers. Very much lack of experience. Jerome Tang has never been a head coach of an NCAA tournament <clears throat> team. Running into John Calipari in Kentucky, obviously, is never good for you. And even Providence, they went to the Sweet 16 last year. No matter what, I don't like it. I value experience in March, by the way. Well, we've got Duke and Tennessee, and this is sadly where I have to say goodbye to old Rocky Top. Duke is Good pick. On. Good. Yes, they are. Uh, Tennessee... I'm going to I'm gonna talk about the East region once we get to the Final Four and once we finish this region. I'm going to explain why I picked the team that I did. But Tennessee is just gross offensively. You don't know what you're getting. Duke's on top of the world. They're good enough. Keep it coming. Well, Purdue and Memphis, right? You took Yeah, you took Memphis over yeah. FAU. Um, yeah. I have Purdue moving on here. However, Me too. the stat that you mentioned, it's not looking good coming for them the in the future. Yeah, and I think a lot, a surprising amount of people are going to pick Memphis to beat Purdue here, and that's fair. 
but Memphis does not match up well with Purdue. They're not going to have a formula to slow down Edie like Duke will have. Um, Purdue keeps it going, but Memphis is a good team. Just the Edie matchup nightmare for them is and not going to go that way. Purdue is so reliant on Edie that that's why, I mean, I've, I said it before they even came into the tournament that I don't see them moving far or, or winning that, yeah. winning it all. Um, and we'll get into them more in the next the next matchup, but uh, they they do move on here. Uh, Arizona and Utah State, Missouri for me doesn't yes. make a difference. Arizona won the Pac-12, beat a UCLA team. I think Arizona moves on. I will also say this is going to be my chalk region, uh, per se, slightly different. But okay. usually there's one region that there's not a lot of upsets. I think this will be that region. So Arizona, I've got. I've got Arizona here as well. Um, sticking with that. Moving on to the next. Baylor versus Creighton for me. NC State for I have you. NC State. I'm picking I have, Baylor. I have NC State winning here. All right. Keep uh, it with coming. the upset. It's fair. So I don't. Is that, is that bland anymore? <laughs> um. No, I mean, I don't. I don't trust Baylor that much. They as well were the Kansas State variety. They lost their first conference tournament game. They're not going to win the entire thing. This Baylor team is not as good as last year's. Who are overseeded? They shouldn't have been a one in the first yeah. place. But this team, I think they already peaked at the midpoint of the season. I think they they're good enough to be Creighton or NC State, but long term they're not good enough. Um, but. Baylor, Sweet 16. Keep it coming. Uh, you have Charleston. I have San Diego State. And you yeah. have Virginia, and I have Furman. Have Furman, yeah. We've got completely opposites here. We do. We do. And I'm picking Virginia. And I think Charleston matched up well with San Diego State, as I said. Virginia matches up better with Charleston. Um, I like UVA in this scenario. Just due to matchups, they got a little lucky getting to play these lower-seeded teams who are non-Power 5. They're not really battle-tested. I think that works to their um, advantage, Virginia. I think San Diego State wins here, Furman. Great win against Virginia in the first round, <laughs> but that falls short when they match up against San Diego State, who I don't think is a great team, but I also don't think Charleston is good. I just don't. That's fair. It's a fair take. We had a lot of um, bad things to say about them earlier yeah. this season. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, Maryland, West Virginia against Alabama. Uh, or yeah, well, you have Bama. you have West Virginia. I have, West, so Virginia. I have West Virginia as well. So either way, I don't know why I said it like that. Um, against Alabama, Alabama's moving on. Yeah, they are. Roll Tide. <laughs> I know you're loving the Roll Tide right now. Yeah. So I'm is the tide is the tide still rolling? After the Sweet 16. Yes. Yes, it is. I think it rolls into the Elite Eight a little even further than that. Um, I will say, though, when this bracket was first revealed and Virginia was going to run into Alabama in the Sweet 16, this is by far the biggest test that Alabama will have in this region, and not only this region, but to get to the national championship entirely. And the reason I say this, Alabama turns the ball over 14 times per game, which put them puts them around 315th in the country in terms of turnovers. 
obviously they have all the offensive firepower. They have an efficient defense, but the turnovers are a nightmare. UVA, meanwhile, has the best turnover differential in the country. They turn the ball over the least. They have a strong defense. They have the pace of play, the slow pace that we always talk about. I think Alabama wins, largely due to the scoring, largely due to them being able to put up 90 at any given moment, and their defense is good enough. They're not entirely reliant on offense, which is very important for some teams like Gonzaga, for example, which is entirely reliant on offense. I like Alabama here, but this is the biggest, like, if you're thinking when Alabama's going to lose, now is the time. It would be against Virginia. I think Alabama moves on. I absolutely don't even have them playing Virginia, but I think Alabama were will would have moved on regardless if they were to play them because clearly they I will. Think, they I will. I don't think Virginia is good enough to make it to that point. They will, but hypothetically, that's their biggest test. <laughs> NC State and Arizona. Well, you have Baylor. You, I got Baylor, and I know I said some questionable things about Baylor, um, but I'm going to pick them over Arizona. I think that they are a little bit more tested than Arizona. This Arizona team had a bit of a turnover. Uh, we saw Benedict Matherin kind of lead that one seed Arizona team, which didn't do very well. I think they lost in the Sweet 16. Yeah, they um, didn't go last very year. far. Um, Tommy Lloyd has coached a very good Arizona team. They've gotten better as the year has gone on. Obviously, that Pac-12 championship. This could go either way. I'm picking Baylor. I I'll say right now, doesn't make a difference. Alabama's going to beat whoever wins between the two of them, but. I'll pick Baylor for this one, setting up a 1-3 matchup. Obviously, I do not have Baylor there, so I have Arizona. Um, I have, Like you said, whoever comes out, they would beat anyway. Alabama would beat anyway. Um, so I have Arizona, and then obviously I have Alabama moving on to the Final Four. Uh, we've got, moving to the East, we've got Purdue and Duke. And I think we both kind of hinted at, at what's to come now. It's the beginning of the end. For Purdue, and I think Duke, you'll agree, and I think a lot of people will be picking this, and rightfully so. I think Duke, Duke matches up very well with Purdue. Uh, they've got the big men play to compensate for Edie. They shoot the ball well from the perimeter. They do everything that is needed to beat Purdue, and I think Duke rides high into the Elite Eight as a five seed. Very much so, and they're playing their best basketball at the best time of the year. Um They've been super, super hot and are really getting it together when they need to. Purdue, I I think they rely too much on Edie. I think they're going to have the game plan to stop him. I think they're going to be able to do what they need to do to contain him. And Duke gets it done and and moves on. Uh, it also it also helps Duke the fact that they get to play the worst one seed um, by yeah. by a wide margin, in my opinion. One hundred percent. People are saying Texas could be on that one line. UCLA even throw in Arizona at this point. They they got lucky getting to play Purdue. Well, we've got Kansas. I have Kansas State and Marquette. You have USC Kentucky. and Kentucky. Which could be Providence. Doesn't really make a difference to me. And I'm thinking USC. Keep it going. And I, I have an explanation for myself, which I'll explain when we get to the final four. Everything will make sense. Um, but USC to the Elite Eight, setting up a 5-10 matchup. I which hope it, sound, I hope which, it which, doesn't hit. I hope that doesn't hint at USC moving to the final four. It sounds weird, the concept of the 510, but every year there's just a whack region that doesn't make any sense. I have to take a shot in the dark. That's the region that I'm going to do it in. I have Kansas State beating Marquette to face Duke in the Elite Eight. 
Um, I mean, like, they're a three seed. Should they be a three seed? Maybe, maybe not. But same thing with why West Virginia, if they didn't run into Alabama, could have had a very strong case to to maybe make the Sweet 16 because of playing in the Big 12. Um, yeah. If you're not facing all those Big 12 schools and you're facing Providence, I mean, you're seeing Kentucky, which, again, they're in the SEC, but still, um, I think Kansas State does what they need to do in these games. And, uh, you know, having that Big 12 experience is huge. Yeah. Moving to the Midwest, we've got Houston in Miami. Um, and for me, it's Kent State, and that's yes. where the the Golden Eagle <laughs> reign comes to an end. I think Houston gets through. Um, they, they got a pretty favorable draw to make it to the Elite Eight, I think. I well, this think is where I see Houston. With or without Sasser. This is where I see Houston come to an end. And I wow. think Miami to upset wow. Houston in the Sweet 16 and move on to the Elite Eight. Wow. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. I don't. I won't <laughs> be seeing that. Depends on Sasser's health quite a bit. And the AAC championship was indicative of that, but I think he'll be fine. Well, we've got Mississippi State or Pitt against Texas. Yeah. Horns up. Keep it coming. Um, the 11 seed, it's tough. Tough to keep it coming. I think Texas, borderline best two seed. You can make an argument for them being the clear-cut best two seed. I think it's the the Battle of Texas, Houston versus Texas in that Elite Eight for the Midwest final. I have Texas going against Miami uh, in the Elite Eight. Um, We'll wait to select that here in a second. We've got Kansas and UConn starting out west for the Sweet 16. And for me, it's VCU, and I think Kansas keeps it going. Um, That's about it. I think UConn, again, tough draw. I pick VCU over them just because somebody has to lose. I think um, for this region, there's going to be a weird team that makes the Final Four. History has shown that, that a team seeded 5 through 11 is going to make the Final Four. Every year since 2010, minus 2013 has had that. A team 5 through 11 makes it. It's hard to locate that team, obviously. It's hard to pick out the UNC last year, or the UCLA in 2021, especially that UCLA team, which lost their last three regular season games, lost their first conference tournament game, and then suddenly they're in the final four. Yeah. But I will say, I do not think that the five through 11 seed is going to come from this region. And I'm very confident that it's going to be one of the top four seeds. Um, and I think Kansas punches their ticket to the elite eight here. I actually have UConn taking down Kansas here in the Sweet 16. Um, which is fair. I, Any I of the four teams. I don't think Kansas uh, makes it as far as, you know, maybe some had hoped and, you know, look to repeat, obviously. Um, I think UConn takes them down here. Uh, like you had mentioned, being in the West region compared to the Midwest region is going to be a big storyline for Kansas. Um, and I think that's going to hurt them. I know it's a big travel for UConn as well, but uh, I think UConn does it here. And then we've got Gonzaga and UCLA. And I think this is where Jalen Clark's existence is very much missed by UCLA and Gonzaga getting to play a UCLA team, which is very balanced on both offense and defense. Um, I believe they're top 20 in Ken Palm on both sides of the ball. Missing Clark, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, is going to be huge. I think Gonzaga 
knocks off UCLA and moves into the Elite Eight against Kansas. I have the opposite. I have UCLA beating Gonzaga here um, and moving on to face UConn in the Elite Eight. 2v4. Fair enough. <laughs> well, we'll start it off right here in the West. Who's going to the Final Four out of this West region? Kansas. I'm picking Kansas to go to the Final Four. Got more things to come for Kansas. There's a foreshadowing for you. I have my reasons as to why uh, Kansas representing the West. I've got UCLA beating UConn and making it to the Final Four. Um, we've seen them you know, as a, as a very good team. Uh, could have made that last one line over uh, over Purdue. Purdue. Um, yep. There were a lot of teams that, that fit that mold. Uh, I was making the argument for UCLA going into this tournament, um, and I'm, I'm sticking with them. I think they're going to make it to the Final Four. It's fair. Just wish that they were not in that region with Kansas or Gonzaga or yeah. UConn. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> well, then we've got the Midwest. We've got you have Houston versus Texas. I have Miami versus Texas. And I have Texas punching their ticket to the final four for me, which would set up a Texas v. Kansas game for the fourth time this season and the third time in about three weeks, a little over three weeks. I guess it would be four at that point. Um, I think that that region is between Houston and Texas. Um, I'm picking Texas, though. I think they're the hotter team right now. They're battle-tested. I think they have balance on both sides. They can defend. They can shoot. Uh, or a tough matchup for Houston. I think Texas gets through. I have Texas um, beating Miami. Uh, I think Texas horns up. I've been talking about them so much. Um, and you mentioned, obviously, the Kansas rematch. I do not have that. But I do want to say this this past week, they played this game without Timmy Allen as well. Um, one of their mm-hmm. elite elite players that they have on their, on their squad. So It's true. You know. Could be could be huge for them to get him back. Well, to have him for that matchup if it were to happen. Moving back to the East, Duke, and I have Kansas State. You have USC. Yes, I do, and I am loudly and proudly going to say USC as the Final Four team representing the East. And now I'm going to go on my tangent of explaining to you uh, and all you viewers why I picked USC to come out of this region. Per history, based on history, research trends, the on- there are only four teams in the East region that can make the final four. Four out of 16. Three-seed Kansas State, four-seed Tennessee, 10-seed USC, and 11-seed Providence. And I'm going to explain what's wrong with the other teams. But I'm going to throw Tennessee out the window because they're not a good team. I don't care about them. I don't think they have a chance of making the final four. Um, I think Kansas State as the next best per se, but even so I'm hesitant about them. Now the other, now the other teams Purdue and Marquette, as I explain unranked team in the preseason, number one or two seed making the final four hasn't happened since 1985. Get rid of the two of them. Duke, which is very popular, trendy pick um, of instances where a team seeded five through 11 made the final four in consecutive years, um, which has been happening a lot lately. Um, The only time that it was the same conference was Butler in the horizon in 2010 and 11, which is the same team. There has never been an instance since seeding existed where a team of five through 11 um, makes the tournament in consecutive years from the same conference. That hasn't happened. 
UNC made it last year. Duke is the ACC. So long, Duke. Not going to be them. Kentucky, a number six seed, has not made the Final Four since 1992. I don't know why that is. You can say that they're due, but that's 30 years of that seed being cursed. Get rid of Kentucky. Michigan State, um, among teams that are seeded 5 through 11 to make it since 2002, there have been 20, uh, 21 instances of this. Or no, 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 sorry. There's been uh, over 10 instances of this. Um, they have been top 87 in scoring margin. Michigan State's in the 100s. They're not there. Get rid of Michigan State. Memphis. I got two more. I got Memphis and FAU. Very sorry. But this is important. No, and you no, can no, use you're it. right. You can use it with other teams across the across all of March Madness, across the entire bracket. Um, the last team to be seeded 5 through 11 and make the Final Four after improving their preseason ranking, which includes going from unranked to going into the top 25, was six-seed Michigan, that same six-seed, in 1992, 30 years. Memphis clocked in at number 24 in the AP poll today. They were unranked in the preseason. Get rid of Memphis. FAU, the exact same thing as Memphis, clocked in at number 25. Meaning that leaves those four teams, Kansas State, Tennessee, USC, Providence. Um, Tennessee is not it. So I'm picking USC. I'm going to explain why them in particular over Providence, over Kansas State. Um, When we get to the final four, I'm going to explain that as well, what history says. But USC also, period, top 50 on both offense and defense on Kempom. As I said, they reached um, the Elite Eight two years ago. They have a head coach that knows what he's doing in Andy Enfield. USC. And you got to pick a weird team more than anything. You just got to. Well, all right. Don't worry. We can carry on. Because when when Duke ends up being the first ACC back to back to make the won't final happen. Four, five won't three, happen. Won't happen. It's going happen. to. It's going to. Feel Duke free to say it, the but final it won't. Four. Duke is making the final four. They're beating Kansas State. Out of the next, going to the I'm south. Gonna, I'm going to ride with forty plus years rather than uh, As, this Duke team being an anomaly. Alabama and Arizona. And for me, it's Baylor, and Alabama comes out. And I have looked at this region nonstop since it came out, and I mentioned Virginia, but I do not see a world where Alabama doesn't come out of this region. I refuse to believe that Arizona or Baylor. They're, way, they're just way too talented. They're not, they're not going to lose here. If they're going to lose in the tournament, it's not going to be in this region. And I, I make brackets. I make multiple brackets because I use formulas and I want to get more more options in there. Call me a loser and a cheater, whatever. I don't really care. But I do not see Alabama losing in this region ever under any circumstance. Meaning they'll probably lose. That's just how it goes. Yeah. But I don't see that happening. And I think Alabama, every single time, is going to make it to the Final Four. I agree. I think Alabama is by far the best team in this in this region. Um, I think that's the easiest reason, region to chalk up um, next to the Midwest. I think Texas um, makes it out of the Midwest. Yeah. You know, nine out of ten times. Um, <clears throat> but our final fours, I have Alabama, Duke, UCLA, and Texas. And I have Alabama, USC, Texas, and Kansas. So we're two for four. We got two. We are two four. for four. Top two. The, two. the easiest two. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um. So, Wally, 
Who is going to your national championship? I am picking Kansas to beat Texas, and I'm picking Alabama to end USC's run prior to um, UNC knocking off Duke last year. That team seed of 5 through 11 hadn't done very well historically in the national semifinal. I think this Alabama team is really good. I think Alabama-Kansas will be my final battle of one seeds. I believe it'll be the ninth time ever um, that two one seeds face off in the national championship. And I'll let you I'll let you pick yours, and I'm going to explain a little bit about some things. My final is Alabama and Texas. Yeah, as expected. Uh, if you could if you couldn't see that one coming, you're a bit <laughs> you're a bit shocked. Um, horns up, keep the horns coming because we're not done yet. Wow, wow. Okay, um, I quickly just want to explain my reasoning for the final four and some some data some trends for for all you listeners out there. This is going to sound stupid, and it sounded stupid last year, but I'm doing it again, and maybe I'll get it right this time. Um, every Final Four since 2010, which is, I think, 12 Final Fours, Miss 2020, count the zero, um, has had a team with an A in it. It has had a team with a sub-80 winning percentage in it. It has had two teams that have a coach with an I in their name. It sounds stupid. It has had at least one team that won their conference tournament, and it has had at least one team that failed to reach 6-0 and to start the season. 5-0 and or worse. And in this scenario, that is what works for the four of them. The four of them qualify. It fits that. Um, I also think it's important that you have two ones and a two or a three. You could do a one, two, three, one, and two threes, and then you have that team seated five through 11. That's how. That's what March Madness has been over the last ten years or so. That is what the trends are. Um, it's important to try and do that. Um, and why I picked USC specifically over Providence. Providence does not have a head coach with an I in their name, meaning that Final Four would not be possible if Providence was there. That's why I ended up with Alabama, USC, Texas. And so the guy, the Kansas. guy's name prevented you from picking Providence. Very much so. But I will say. In other scenarios, I can tell you exactly what a Final Four would be where it is possible. Even with Kansas and Alabama matching up, you could have Houston coming out, um, what is it, of the, the the Midwest region, and then Providence fits. It's possible. Um, it's the same. There are other examples where Alabama is the national champion, where UCLA is the national champion, um, and Providence can still fit. But for this scenario, USC had to be the champion. It's right, stupid. Well, I know, but I'm doing it, and I'm proud well, of it. Who is your national champion? My national champion. Actually, I want you to go first. I've been going first the whole time. I want you to go first because I already know All what right, you're going to well, say. Well, mine is mine is predictable. Horns I know, up, but I horns up, yeah. baby. We're going. We're going Texas. Um, and I've got a few stats of my own here. I'm listening. All champions since 1993 have made at least their conference semifinal, which, you know. Throws out a lot of the bracket. All champions since 2002 have been top 40 in Kempom offense and top 22 in defense. And all champions since 2004 have been ranked in the top 12 in week six of the AP poll. Texas fits all of those perfectly. What was the, what was the second one that you said? All champs since 2002 have been top 40 in Kempom offense okay. and top 22 in Kempom And what was, the, what was the first one? 
The first one was since 1993, 19... the team has made at least the conference semifinal. So what you just described was everything that Kansas fits as well. So I'm picking Kansas to knock off Alabama. And let me explain to you why. Um, because thank you for sharing the statistics. And I'm a big believer in the Ken Palm one. I think that one's very important. Ken Palm has existed since 2002. And it's been right every year. That's a very clear trend. Um, I'm picking Kansas over Alabama. And my criteria in terms of statistics, since 2002, which is 20 national champions, uh, I'm going to explain this criteria to you. And this is every team pretty much seated one through 10. I did this with um, that is in the tournament because I don't think 13 seed Kent State is going to win the whole thing. Get ready to listen up. This team started eight and two or better, started 16 and four or better, had a win streak of seven plus games at some point in the season, improved upon their preseason ranking or they stayed the same, meaning they didn't go like TCU, who was at like 13 or 14. They finished around 20. Um, that's just an example. They had a scoring differential of 7.0 or better, meaning they beat their teams convincingly during the regular season and conference tournament. They had four or more teams from their conference from their conference in the tournament. So that gets rid of a team like Houston, who only got two bids. Not that you would pick Gonzaga gets rid of them. They had two bids. Um, they were not unranked in the number one or two seed, Marquette and Purdue. And then the top 40 offense and top 22 defense on Ken Palm. Now, if you get rid of, if you take all of that into account, minus they had a win streak of seven plus games, there are four teams that fit. Alabama, UCLA, Kansas, and Texas. When you include the seven plus games, the last time that a team did not win seven plus games and won the national championship was Michigan State in 2000 when they won five in a row. Um. The one team that did not reach seven was Texas. They won six games in a row this season. So for that reason, that's why I got rid of Texas. Now my reasoning for the other two. So with my criteria, every national champion since 2002, Alabama, Kansas, and UCLA, those are your options, which is why I'm even more pissed that Kansas and UCLA got put in the same region. Um, Alabama, they were number 20 in the preseason AP poll. The best or the lowest ranked team that a team ever to win the national championship, not since 1985, not the expanded format ever, like going back a very long time um, since the AP poll came out in 1949, I think. The lowest was number 19, and Alabama was 20, meaning they don't fit. They're not good enough for that. If you want to say, feel free, they're only one spot below, that's okay. I think Alabama is a very good team. I also just have bias against Alabama because I don't like the way they handled the Brandon Miller situation. That's completely separate here. That has nothing to do with statistics and data, but that's what's wrong with Alabama. And UCLA, that leaves UCLA and Kansas, which again are in the same region, which irritates me quite a bit. Um, UCLA, the Jalen Clark situation, missing out on him, health. And I don't care about this because I think it's a bunch of fooey, which is kind of funny considering all of this data that I presented. Um, the last time that a team from the West Coast won the national championship was Arizona in 1997. Um, so I saw that stat as well, that. but I was not included. I don't care it about really it. Didn't, it, it doesn't make a difference. I don't care about it. So what came down to me between Kansas and UCLA was just Kansas's health. And my very last point about Kansas, 
regarding one that is pro-Kansas and one that is anti-Texas. Um, not to be anti-Texas, they're in the final four. I think they're a good team. They could win the whole thing. Um, since 1939, the first ever NCAA tournament when we crowned a national champion, um, which is like 85 years ago now, almost 85 years, uh, never has the same conference won three years in a row and it had been three different teams. That has never happened since 1939. There are so few statistics that go back to the very beginning, and that is one of them. Twice has a team, has a conference won three years in a row. Once was UCLA from 1967 to 73, and they won every single year. The other instance was the ACC in 1981 to 1983, which again was before the 64-team format, and Duke won twice in a row, and UNC won once. Kansas would win twice in a row, meaning the only time that a conference can win three times in a row is if one of those teams repeats. Kansas repeats. That is how I ended up with Kansas. Because of that, I'm sure they're going to lose in the first round. But I am quietly confident, overly confident, that it will be Alabama, UCLA, or Kansas, and not Texas. And I'm very sorry. Texas is a good team. Texas is doing it. They're that doing is it. my pick. That is some gonna, information for you. Since 1939. Hear, since 1939. That's insane. I'm just going to hear. Nothing, nothing exists for 85 years of statistics. All right, all right, all right. All the all 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 tournament long, all tournament long. I'll be wearing my burnt orange. I'll be I'll be supporting supporting Texas like crazy. I will also say regarding the that Kansas Texas game in the Big Twelve Championship, which was a blowout. Um, Kansas was without Kevin McCullough Jr. one, and they were without Bill Self, which I think makes a difference in this hypothetical where they play each other for a fourth time in one season, um, which. From my very light research, uh, has never happened where a team faces someone in the NCAA tournament for a fourth time in one season. Three times has happened, um, but never four from what I was able to find from my brief research. Um, I'm just excited. I'm just happy to be here, man, more than well, anything. It's just, it is just starting out. It is go- about to get crazy. The madness is just beginning. The first four start tomorrow. Well... The episode will be out tomorrow. So yeah. the first one will, will start tonight when this episode comes out. But in the meantime, while they're waiting for the entire tournaments to start, Wally, where can they find us? You can hit us up at Slinging Sports on Instagram, at Slinging underscore sports on Twitter. The number one way to know when this episode drops and when every episode drops. Um, the graphic that will be coming out, or well, obviously you will have seen it because you're listening to this episode right now, um, is going to be March related, but Every other week, it's the way to know what we will be talking about in that episode of what's going on in the sports world. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We will keep you covered throughout the entirety of March Madness, all of NFL free agency, and everything that is to come within the sports world. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace.